Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Tim from Revolution Fight and Fitness in Euclid, Ohio. What's up, Tim? How are you today? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Alrighty, so let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Well, I actually started boxing when I was in the military, um, when I was 18 years old. Um, got away from it for a while after I got out of the military, had some other personal things I had to deal with, mm-hmm. decided to start fighting Muay Thai and got into that pretty heavily. Um, was ready, wanted to go to Thailand to train there and possibly go pro ended up getting married, having kids and life kind of hit me and then everything just got sidetracked. Right. Uh, as I got older, I went ahead and I started boxing at a master's division and just really got into it. And mm-hmm. my coaches and I, we were all in kind of gyms where it, it wasn't great fits for us. So we decided just to do our own thing and uh, get away from some of the toxicity that's out there in gyms, especially fight gyms. Um, yeah. Cause you're dealing with a lot of big egos. You're dealing with a lot of guys who, you know, why aren't you spending the time with me? And uh, we, you know, we decided to try to create a different type of culture uh, in, in our environment. Absolutely. I love that. First, thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, and so now how long have you owned the facility for? We'll be open four years in July. Okay. All right. Awesome. Now what does your, business model look like? How are you structuring things within the facility? You have a fight side and a fitness side. I'm guessing typically that's kind of the way it plays out. And then are you doing group classes, one-on-one, semi-privates? What does that kind of all look like? Yeah, we do um, We do all of those things. We do the group classes and uh, for our fighters, um, especially when they have fights coming up, we spend a little bit more time with them one-on-one uh, and that's coaches. That's a coach's time. We don't charge them for that. Uh, because, you know, their success is our success. You know, they right. show up in the cage or the ring and they do well. We see our analytics on our website and our social media spike. So when they do well, we do well. So yes. it's, you know, it's a good investment for our coaches to put the time in with those guys. Uh, the fitness, you know, and the, the thing is, you know, we've got such a diverse um, group here and we'll have, you know, our fitness classes, you know, pretty much comprised of all women. Um, mm-hmm. people who are just here to get fit and, you know, they'll be getting motivation. We have a top uh, 10 in the world boxer here and he'll get out there and he'll, he'll ride them a little bit. And, yeah. You know, they feel like, they feel like they're part of the team and they're part of the family, right. which is kind of that culture that we wanted to, uh, develop here. Absolutely. Okay. So now how many, how many members do you have? total. I'm sure it kind of works a little bit different on the fight side of things than the fitness side of things, but overall, how many people rather are you serving within the facility? We're just under a hundred right now. Okay. Um, which is climbing dramatically. Um, you know, we do have several big, uh, labels fights coming up mm-hmm. and we will see a spike after those fights, after our guys, uh, win those fights. Um, we'll see that spike again. So, you know, we're, we're doing really well. Um, you know, we've got a situation last year where uh, Modelo, the UFC, and uh, rebuilding NEO came in and mm-hmm. kind of re- retrofitted our entire gym. 
uh, gave us a grant to redo all of our mats, wow. uh, redo our ring. Uh, they redid the lighting, repainted the walls, uh, created some uh, whiteboards so we can kind of put our lessons plan lesson plans there so our members can look at those and work on those uh, when the coaches aren't around. So we've been able to extend our mat space out considerably, which has benefited us because at the time we were really kind of tight because we had a, a stand-up side and we had a jujitsu side. And now we have one big side, <laughs> you know, everything okay, is yeah. matted the same. So yep. we were able to extend those classes out, which was beneficial to us, uh, not having to worry about, you know, having too many people in one space and people getting irritated by that. Right. Absolutely. So now the spike that you typically see after a fight, is that more so within the side of things that's geared towards fighting or is it more so for general fitness or it just kind of attracts attention all over it, it, it attracts attention all over and the reason is is you know we'll, we'll get more fighters in. we'll get more people who are interested in getting into fighting okay. um, mm -hmm. however with the the family culture that we create here my you know the women in my fitness class they post these things they make it they, it's part because they're part of that team and they feel that pride and they put it out there for us so you know we kind of use our you know we kind of use them or for marketing you know they help right. us with that by word of mouth absolutely okay and then is there any other type of marketing that you're doing in addition to that any type of paid advertising on your own whether that be through facebook instagram google anything of that nature Yes, we, we use mostly social media. Um, it's just easier and yeah. we have complete and utter control over it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, initially our, our biggest concern initially was, you know, we have fight and fitness and that the word fight can intimidate people and they don't want to come into a fight gym to get fit because they don't understand what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. So uh, my MMA coach, uh, George Comer, uh, who is a uh, steely-eyed missile man when it comes to filmography, he just made a, a kind of a, a silly, goofy commercial that mm -hmm. has blown us up um, considerably on our um, website page. Um, it helps people kind of feel comfortable coming to a fight gym, that right. it's not, you know, it's not a dark, dirty thing where everyone's just beating each other up, <laughs> that, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cool place to be. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, what we want people to think, you know, we want to, you know, not to sound like a high schooler, but we want people to feel like, hey, man, come and sit at the pool's kids table. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now on the general fitness side of things, um, I know you mentioned before you were looking to grow that a little bit. So how are you going about doing that? Is that more so toward those targeted ads, making people feel more comfortable coming into your facility? Um, or are you kind of taking a different approach and how much are you looking to grow that side of things? Well, we, we have the space now to grow it somewhat unlimited. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, you know, 300 people would be too many, but um, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a great problem to have. Right. Um, you know, we've, I've doubled the size of that class recently. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is word of mouth. Um, you know, right now I've started a promotion where um, the, the largest um, weight loss percentage will get a free month. So mm -hmm. if they came in and they tried it out, you know, we'll help them out, I'll help them with nutrition, help them with their fitness goals to get them to where they want to be. And actually one of my members jokingly said, well, what if we beat you? And I said, well, I'll give you three months. And you know, oh. so 
a little secret is I know how to cut weight pretty well because I am an ex-fighter, so right. <laughs> I'm not going to be too worried uh -oh. about that. <laughs> I know how to cheat. Right. That's awesome. Okay. Um, and now on that side of things, do you also provide any other levels of service, whether that be nutrition, accountability, supplementation, anything else that's kind of next level to help those clients get even better results? Yeah, I offer any of them, uh, you know, nutrition help. I'm, I'm a keto guy um, mm -hmm. with intermittent fasting. I, it's worked for me. It's proven to work for me. I know it's not, you know, there's no, you know, magic bullet for everyone. Some things, right. some people just can't do keto. They need to have the carbohydrates or they're, they're mentally not right. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, those are the kind of things that I can help them with, uh, discuss that with them a lot, help them with, uh, there was a client I had, I would actually go to the grocery store with her and help her out and help her understand where, you know, she'll say, well, it's fat free. I'm like, yeah, well, it's fat free, but now you're giving up, you're putting a lot of sugar in these things in order for right. them to taste good. Yeah. And, you know, whole foods, um, you know, are, are key and things like that. So, you know, we help them with that as much as they want. Uh, a lot of our uh, fighters are actually personal trainers. Uh, mm -hmm. They'll talk to our members also as well and help them out when, when they, when they need it. Got it. Okay. Uh, and so, is it a challenge that you're running pretty soon that you had just mentioned for the members to win that free month, potentially something based around weight loss, right? Yeah. It's percentage of loss. Oh, percentage. So, okay. yeah. So, you know, it, that kind of evens the playing field a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. And that's going, that's going on currently until the end of March. Okay. All right. So like a month long challenge. Right. Cool. Okay. And do you find that when you run things like that, that that helps to get new people in the door as well? It has. Yeah. Um, like I yeah. said, you know, we've doubled that program because of this yeah. and it, um, it's been effective, you know, motivation to an individual is, is, is something that can, you know, help drive business in because when they see the results, they tell their friends, they see the results, their friends then come over here to try us out. And then right. we try to get their, you know, we, we try to get their goals to where they want them to be. Absolutely. And is that something that your members are paying an additional cost for, or is that something that's included? As, as far as what I'm, I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? Like when you do a challenge like that, are they paying an additional fee oh. on top of their membership? No, no, no. It's okay. just part of the, it's just part of the motivation. Got it. Okay. All right. And then as far as your membership structure goes, how do you structure the membership? Are we doing monthly memberships? Do you sell packages? Um, are we month to month? Do you have agreements in place? What does that look like? Yeah, we do everything month to month. I've been told I'm an idiot for doing that. Um, however, I don't like being stuck in contracts. And I figured it would be a little bit hypocritical if we did that to other people. So we only do month to month. It hasn't been an issue. You know, we have, our retainage is, is incredibly high. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not a thing that we had to ever revisit. The, um, as far as the structure of our packages go, for any one of the disciplines, we have a certain cost per month. For any two of the disciplines, we have another package. And then we have an unlimited package mm -hmm. that anybody can um, come in. They can do every discipline they want. Typically, our MMA fighters are all on that package because essentially they need to be. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the month-to-month -month thing is something I actually hear a lot from a lot of gym owners. And 
I don't love it personally, but as long as your retention is good, then it's not a huge deal. Um, so it, the thing for me is just tracking the monthly revenue, making sure that, you know, you can rely on a certain amount to come in every month. So if you have really good retention and you really don't lose many people month over month, then it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the times when people get into the trouble is when, you know, they're only acquiring one to two new people a month and losing five. Right. You know? right. So, and then it's something it. that you just have to revisit and you have to, you know, rework you know, right. one way or another. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your main focuses in the business for 2022? What are you really looking to accomplish this year? Um, well, actually our coaches and I talked about that to try to make this year bigger than last, which is a monumental task. Um, we had an incredible success last year, um, you know, with the retrofit of the gym, which made everything better. Uh, our fighters just continually just kept going and going. We had Logan Urban on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, we plan on getting him back there. Uh, we have other pro fighters that are making huge leaps. Nikolai Gianti is looking to get on a big card. We've got Montana Love boxing. I go around, I wrap his hands. We were at Dubai, I was with, in Dubai with him last year. So wow. it's, it's, a, it's a huge task to, to beat that. <laughs> but, you know, you're always reaching for that next rung. So, Absolutely. you know, right now, you know, we've got everything we need. So right now, you know, we're looking to, you know, pay off some of the debts that we incurred during COVID, mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to just keeping the doors open and, you know, also, you know, creating enough revenue where hopefully one of these days, you know, our coaches can be away from their day jobs and be here full time. Uh, yes. That is really the ultimate goal. You know, I have a five year plan to do that, to be able to open this. And this is what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I work a day job. I work 10 hours a day and then I'm in the gym for five hours at night. Mm -hmm. um, that's not great no. <laughs> for my mental stability. Physically, it's tough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you want to succeed, you know, you've got to go through the tough in order to get to the good stuff. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is tough to work a, a full time job and own and run a facility. It's like you're working like 15 hours a day and that's just a normal day for you. Right. Um so, yeah, and then being able to provide for other coaches and in turn other families as well with a full-time position rather than them doing the same thing. So right. um, is there anything specific that you are really focusing on over the next five years to get to that goal? Um, basically, either getting more, you know, obviously getting more revenue. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's goal number one. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for, for our fighters, you know, we, we don't deal in I's and B's, we deal in us's and, you know, and we's, um, yeah. so, you know, I want to make sure that our team is going to another level as well. Right. Um, and, and that's key for all of us, you know, a lot of us, actually all of us, um, after four years, none of us have still taken a paycheck out of here. Um, we do it because we love it. We do it because we know what we're doing is important. We do it because we know that there will be a payoff at the end. And we're right there. You know, unfortunately, the last two times we were there, uh, we got hit with an issue and lost a lot of members. And then we got to that point again. It was Super Bowl Sunday of 2020. And I was meeting with the guys like, how are we going to disperse profits? And a month later, we were shut down. Yep. So, you know, we, 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 we're always nervous about talking about, Hey, what should we do with the profits now? Because we're yeah. afraid of them. what what's coming next. So right. we're, we're getting into that position where, you know, we can start doing that. 
which, you know, helps, you know, everyone because everybody's a little bit, you know, it, it's easier to be here. It's easier to tell the wife, you know, hey, I'm going back to the gym. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. and by the way, here's my paycheck from. Right. Um, you know, so yeah. that makes it a lot easier as well. You know, a lot of times up leading up to this point, the money that we've made, any sort of profits we had, we put directly back into the gym with, to right. improve the facility for our members. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so industry average for, for gyms is three years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've made it past that. And typically, gyms aren't profitable until year five. Right. And we, we are now. And we're doing very well. And, mm -hmm. you know, knock on wood. Um, you know, that, that goal, like I told you, that goal of, of increasing and increasing and getting better, regardless if it's with just revenue, whether it's, you know, membership, just getting better as a whole. Um, yeah. creating a, a, creating an environment where everybody wants to be. And, right. uh, you know, we've been really successful with that formula. Absolutely. All right. So now one thing that I love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? <laughs> Try not to do it with your own money. Yes. That's a great piece <laughs> uh, of advice. You know, I, I did. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still struggling with that. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially when, you know, coaches aren't getting paid and I still have, you know, a huge loan out to the company. Um, and I'm not paying that back yet because, you know, I, I'm the kind of person I, I try to do everything I can to take care of everyone else around me before mm -hmm. I take care of myself. Right. And, you know, and that, that's tough, you know, with that comes personal struggles um, yes. and, you know, financially, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, as best you can get some startup money, um, outside of yourself. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a startup loan. We blew through that really quick to get this place up and running. Mm -hmm. So everything above and beyond that was, you know, out of pocket through right. COVID. We were fortunate through COVID. We had a lot of members that would pay their dues, even though we were shut down because mm -hmm. they knew that if they didn't pay dues, then they wouldn't have a gym to come back to when we reopen. Exactly. Yep. So we were fortunate in that. And, you know, it, it's, you know, paying down these debts and, and getting that money back in the, in the meantime and the stress that causes that it's so much easier if you can get it done with somebody else's money. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And if you can keep your credit separate from that as well, exactly. that's yep. a, a plus because there are so many gym owners that, that do that, you know, that go in with their own finances, their own money. And a lot of times end up kind of ruining their credit in the yep. process. And then it's, you know, makes other things really challenging. So exactly. definitely yep. a good piece of advice there. All righty. Awesome. So anything else that you would like to add any, any other tidbits for other gym owners out there or anything else you'd like to touch on? Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a tough business to be in because there it's a competitive market, you know, um, you know, the, the one piece of advice that I've gotten and has kind of held with me, even though we try to keep our rates as low as we possibly can, you know, don't price yourself, don't underprice yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just starting to get to the point where, you know, we're, we're big enough now where I can start pricing myself at the value of my time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you need to know when to do that. So you don't get caught too behind the eight ball as you're struggling and you're still underpricing yourself. Right. So, you know, know your value, you know, and know your market. And, you know, mm -hmm. some areas you can charge, you know, $80 for an hour or less. Some places you're not going to be able to get that kind of money. You just have to, you know, 
tweak it, you know, find the, find what works on average, you know, as you start out, you may have to go a little bit underneath that in order to get the business in. But once you get the business in, you know, make sure you don't continue to price yourself on, you know, underprice yourself out of the market. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And keeping in mind, I think a lot of times people want to compete with all of the facilities within their area. Some of those being those big box facilities. And that's something to keep in mind is that you can't compete with them. You know, your level of service that you're providing is so much higher than what people are getting at a big box facility. So keeping that in mind and just realizing that one thing that I really like to always touch on is that you are not your customer. You know, you are not your ideal client typically. So the, the way that other people value what you have to offer it's typically higher than what you would value it for yourself. Because as a trainer, you're not looking for a trainer. You're not looking for a coach. You're not looking for help with fitness or nutrition or accountability. So keeping those things in mind as well as you are pricing yourself is important to kind of step out of your own mindset and look at things through the people that you're looking to bring into the facility. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. All right, great. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, social media, we're on Instagram at Revolution F and F. Uh, Facebook, we're Revolution FF. And our website is revolutionfightingfitness.com. All right, pretty straightforward. I like it. All right, so Tim from Revolution Fight and Fitness in Euclid, Ohio. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much. Take care. Absolutely. To all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Evolution Fitness 321 in North Carolina, Mr. Tyler Kaiser. How are you doing today? Doing well. Look forward to you, brother. Doing great. Doing great. Excited to have you on. Our little uh, pre-show chats got me all pumped up. So let's get into it. Tell us what uh, Evolution Fitness 321 is all about. So our gym is really unique. It is a kind of a family gym, kind of a service all gym. We have higher level athletes here. I've got a world record holder in the strict curl that works out here, but I also have, you know, the everyday, everyday man or family and even, even starting to get down into kids. People want their kids to be involved in fitness. We offer classes, everything. We offer dance fitness. Uh, Spin is brand new. It's been a hit. And we offer, um, a some toning classes kind of in the likeness of boot camp you might say we offer tanning around the clock um 
and then our gym is 24-7 access. So our gym itself is kind of like has some old school elements. It has like, you know, hammer strength machines and plate loaded machines, um, dumbbells, of course. But then it also has, you know, cardio and has uh, kind of some elements of some CrossFit or cross training type, uh, like, you know, in an area where you can do like Olympic style lifts on the platform. So it's pretty, pretty well-rounded that it fits any style. Yeah, it really sounds like, you know, without getting into the really super obscure niche stuff for the big areas that you could hit for fitness, you've got a little bit of something for everybody, for sure. Absolutely. Now, when you say, you know, it's a, a family style gym, that's, that's going to mean different things to different people. Um, you know, starting at you, right, you and your wife own and operate the gym. So you're there. Um, at least part of the time they're seeing, you know, you, they're seeing your wife's face. So from operationally, it's a family business. How does that translate for you and kind of your, your vision, the way that you, um, have the gym laid out the way that you service people as far as wanting to have that family vibe, what does that really, uh, mean to you in its execution? To me, I've worked at a lot of gyms. I got into fitness really early. Um, really kind of before it's time. And, um, you know, I've worked out, for, you know, really big commercial top gyms and I've worked out real kind of dusty, you know, murky little places um, that are awesome that I love too. So my gym is kind of a compilation of things that I've seen and I fell in love with. And so it brings in people from all different types of backgrounds. And, and to me, I like that everyone talks like people all the time say in my gym, they're like everybody's really nice here or there's good vibes here or, or whatever. And that's just something I've just been really blessed with, but we try to emulate that uh, me and my wife, Alana. And, you know, we try to talk to people and help people and, you know, we give out tons of free information we don't charge over every little thing. And um, people really, they really like that. And they, they're consistently coming up to me and telling me about their goals or, you know, I, people are shocked sometimes whenever like, cause this is our ninth year. We just rounded, we just completed eight years and we started the year nine. Well, people will come back and sign up and I haven't seen them in like five years and they're shocked when I know their name. Wow. Uh, like, gosh, you remember me? I'm like, man, I, especially the early members, I remember really, really good. So I think it's just tying everybody together, no matter, no matter if they're doing yoga or no matter if they're doing CrossFit, or no matter if they're huge bench pressing 500 pounds, like, everybody's just kind of has a, a mutual respect for people wanting to be more healthy and, and such. Awesome. So a lot of it for you is uh, having been in different gyms, picking and choosing, Hey, if I'm going to be in business, having a gym in this area, these are the parts that I want to take. And there's all the other parts I'm just going to leave for, for those other style and gyms, whatever they want to be, but you picked your identity and just went all in on it. Right. Awesome. So give me a little bit of a background. I know you said you've been in gyms, been in fitness um, for a long time, but what did that look like for you? When did you start, you know, whatever your love for fitness was, you know, training and, and at what point did you decide, Hey, this is what I'm going to do with my life. This, you know, we're going to own a facility um, you know, we're going to make an impact in the community. What did that process look like? It definitely grew and evolved over time. Um, I started, 
I know I started really getting after it around 12 um, on my own. Uh, my cousin gave me like a tiny barbell that you filled up with sand and I would just curl the heck out of that thing and do some over pre overhead presses and stuff like that. And then I got to where I could curl it with one hand and press it with one hand and whatever. And I don't know what motivated me too much except for, let me get back. I have four sisters and they put in my head early. They said, Tyler, girls like guys with muscles, get some muscles. <laughs> so maybe I can accredit more to them than I normally do. But so they kind of set me off. I got into fitness there. I played tons of sports growing up. Um, I cheered in high school, so I kind of had a dance background, um, played football, golf, basketball. Um, and I hurt my back when I was 16 and had a disc issue. Well, since then, I, I had hurt and re-hurt, and I've had three surgeries on my back um, from 20 to 26. And so that really changed the way that I did fitness. It really changed just being big, strong only to saying what else is out there? What kind of, you know, what's mobility? What is, you know, like stability, all these different things. And so that has totally changed the course of, of the way I look at fitness. I danced competitively in my early twenties and played a lot of flag football. And so that kind of led me to Zumba. And so then we opened just doing Zumba uh, my dad had a good idea. He said, Tyler, hardly, hardly any guys teach Zumba. You need to teach Zumba. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So that kind of grew into, we started with just that 2014. And then they kept asking me, the, my clients kept asking me, hey, my husband wants to know, are you ever going to get weights? And I was like, man, I'd love to get weights. Like weights, I, I love them so much. And so finally, I just decided to pull the trigger and, um, you know, scrounged up some investments and, and some investors and uh, we just went for it and I mean people came I just I'm blessed that's all I can say awesome man so um have you been in the same facility the whole nine years did you start is that where you started with the Zumba and then added in to where you are what does that look like as far as locations I am um we're in a big building a big warehouse right on highway 321 and um it doesn't look like a gym on the outside. Uh, so all the time people are coming here, they're like, wow, I didn't realize all this is in here. And so we, we've constructed walls and we've built it a little bit at a time. I mean, the parking lot wasn't paved. I remember mowing the grass and it was like eight feet tall, literally. Uh, it was so huge. And we, I mowed that down. They, like People were coming in tracking mud. I had to mop between every single class we had. And we just built it a little bit at a time, just a wall here, a wall there. Then we, we expanded and we built this section or whatever. So we're kind of a, you know, we're operating inside a warehouse, but you know, none of these walls were here when I first got here. So you really like, uh, you bootstrapped it, you know, there's not really any other way to say it other than you just kind of did it as you go and, and made it work. And here you are nine years, you know, going into nine years of doing this. So kudos to you for, uh, figuring it out, you know, having the evolution that you have and, you know, it's in the name, right? I didn't even mean to steal it, but you know, the, the gym is called evolution fitness and it's really been an evolution of a business. So really cool to see that happen. And, you know, um, you know, to, to be there that long, that, that says something, there's a testament to it. So, um, if we go down the path briefly, I don't want to spend too much time on this thing, but, um, COVID, it hit, you know, different gyms differently, different, different areas differently. Being the type of facility that you are, 
what did it look like for you? You know, how long were you shut down for? Did you come up with any kind of unique strategies to keep clients engaged while you had to be shut down? And, and did you take anything out of it as far as what you're doing now, or you're running business, you know, any differently because of that? Yeah, COVID was certainly a challenge for a lot of people. And my heart goes out to anybody who, who didn't um, make it through that. I know what 30, 35% of it, gyms didn't make it through it. Um, for us, we, let's see, I guess it was uh, 2020 March. We shut down for, yeah, March it was coming up. And then it was like it had built for a month or whatever. And they had everybody scared to death. And so it was like, okay, well, and you know, nobody knew what it was. Everybody was kind of like, what is this thing? Well, I shut down for April, just like everybody else. We were kind of like, okay, you know, this must be serious. Maybe this is necessary. About 70% of our members decided to donate. Uh, we kind of approached everybody and said, hey, if you want to, you know, not pay, your, we're going to be doing month by month. If you tell me you don't want to pay, that's fine. And, you know, I'll, and then, but other, if you want to donate, I really appreciate it. About 70% of them luckily chose to donate. But I also saw the damage that it was going to do. And I saw that it was not going, I, I like, this ain't short term. This ain't going away. So I gave them April and I opened May 1st. I reopened May 1st. Um, and we just did the best we could to, you know, up our cleaning supplies and, um, you know, make it a more sanitary environment uh, for everybody. And we did the best we could with that. And um, I was surprised at how many people were, were stoked to come back. I mean, 90% were so ready and they came back over, I'd say about a three month period. And then, you know, then there was a, uh, the percentage of people that were more at risk or more nervous or whatever, they came back later. But um, 2020 actually ended up being a really solid year um, because I opened up, but I had to work and I wasn't letting my business die. So I opened up. Awesome, man. So you, you stuck it through, you had some community support, um, you know, there, do you get any pushback, um, you know, with opening up anything from the community or was it, you know, mostly support, a couple of naysayers? What did, what did you really find for the, the feedback once you, you know, you stood back open? So the people walking through my doors were extremely excited and extremely grateful. Um, even a month off for somebody who's made that habit is really hard. Um, I definitely had pushback. Um, I had the, the, the town, somebody, they wouldn't tell me who, but somebody like, you know, would call and complain to the town. And so the chief of police came and he came back and forth and he made me apply to be um, essential and all that. And I knew they wouldn't give it to me or whatever. And, and so I ended up getting a citation. Um, but, uh, you know, he was really nice about it. I, I'm lucky to live in a real conservative area. He was really nice about it. And he and so he ended up giving me a citation, which ended up getting thrown out down the road. But, um, yeah, that's scary. That's scary. But, you know, it's for me, it's like putting my life on the line and everybody else wanted to risk it. And I was like, hey, you know, I've worked hard to build this. I'll be danged if I let it die. Yeah. And I'm glad that you had, you know, had that type of support and, um, you know, citation is one thing, but uh, to a certain degree, if it's what let you keep things going and, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, who knows, maybe if you haven't, it'll be something that you frame up on the wall someday and look back and say, you know what, we're down, but we weren't out. And, and here we are, you know, bigger and better than ever. So as far as, where you are now, um, have you taken any best practices? Is there anything you had time to 
reflect on as far as how you operate the business? Any changes now that you've adopted that are kind of, you know, any sort of silver lining in the cloud from COVID? Uh, or have you just kind of tried to leave as much of that behind as possible? Well, we've definitely um, stuck to our cleaning regimens just because it's a good thing. I mean, you know, uh, we clean more, like more, whatever you call it, like thoroughly, I guess, or more intensely than we did before. And we, we supply like, we've got kind of a wipe down system. We've been experimenting with some sweat towel and wipe down system stuff with our clients and they seem to like it. Um, other than that, I mean, other than that, I, I operate basically the same, but I'd say a ramp up to the cleaning is, is the biggest difference. All right. So let's, let's bring it, you know, here fully in the present. And I want to go through client journey because that's one of those things that's real unique in, in people. Everybody's got their own spin on different portions of it and work, what works best. Great thing about the podcast. We get to talk to people, big cities, small towns, East coast, West coast, all over the place, Canada. Um, so love to just get your take on a few of the areas here of a, of a client journey through and into your business. So first and foremost, you got to have clients to have a client journey. So what do you guys do? What works best for you right now, as far as getting people to raise their hand? Hey, I'm interested in, in Evo fit, email you, text you, show up at the door. As far as like what brings them in the most, you think? Yeah. Like advertising, marketing, like what, what really do you feel like is the most effective thing that you're doing right now? So in this area, I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried some different paid advertising um, in different ways. And for me, I'm a big word of mouth guy. Um, that and, and that is driven from the clients that you have. They have to love it. Mm -hmm. You have to make the focus on the clients you have and they will bring you in new clients. Or at least that's what I've found. Um, it's like if you focus too much on getting on the other clients, then the clients you have kind of, they can um, atrophy a little bit. So just making sure they have a good time and they're getting what they want makes a huge difference. Um, but we put our money into Facebook ads and Google ads just to make sure we're found when people type in gym near me or whatever. We've had a lot of move-ins. And so we've done a good old Google. Um, and then, and we spend a modest amount on Google and Facebook ads, but like, for us, those two and, and some Instagram as well, but those three and um, word of mouth is really it. And when people come in, we have a really high percentage, like sales percentage, and we have a really good retention rate and stuff. And so um, that's, I mean, that's it. Those are, the, those are the big ones. So as far as, and I want to break those down a little bit. Um, you know, without getting too into the weeds here so we can hit as many topics as possible. But on the, on the word of mouth, do you, do you keep it organic as far as, you know, you staff, anybody, you know, catches somebody, they're on a great day, they're, they're, you know, talking to somebody else and they're just super excited and you get them on a high and say, Hey, it's awesome. You're doing great. Do you know anybody else like actively asking for referrals anything systematized there or is it just all really just letting it happen and just trying to service the heck out of them and wait, you know, kind of letting it come as natural as possible. I would say much more natural. Um, we don't have a good system to, it's not, 
we have a very real down to earth feel and like less of like a, a, a mainstream corporate feel, you might say. Um, I just tell people how it is and they really respond well to that. Um, I don't know if it's the area I'm in. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, we just, we let it grow on a more natural level. When people are here, I try to really engage with them and, and, and just tell them, you know, tell them honestly what I think on certain topics. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And then as far as the Facebook ads, Google ads, things that you do there, do you do it? Um, is it more promotion based where you, you know, advertise, you know, Hey, uh, you know, 90 days for $90 or is it more, you know, brand awareness where it's just you, you know, highlighting, you know, some part of the gym or a member or a feature and just, um, advertising more that way is there one way or the other that you lean there um more brand awareness because mm -hmm. i still to this day i'm shocked when people are like i didn't know you were here and i've had a sign up by the main road forever <laughs> um so that i'm still getting that so I'm, I'm still pushing brand awareness but uh google's brand awareness facebook is like and instagram are like 50 50 they're well, it's probably a little more towards brand awareness now, but like if I do run a promotion, I run it through Facebook or Instagram and say, Hey, this is what we're doing in February, you know, no enrollment, whatever we're doing. And, uh, it's worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. And like that combination, um, you know, if you're going to be on Google and giving money to Google, I think, like you said, it's really good. You know, the biggest return on investment for most gyms, right your mileage may vary if you're out there listening is just making sure if somebody Googles, you know, gym in my city, right. You want to be on that first page as close to the top as possible because most people aren't going to make it to the second page. It's just, it's just human nature. It's how people use it. If you're on the second page, you probably might as well be on the 10th page. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. So um, I like that you use Google for that, you know, local awareness of somebody Googles, uh, you know, what, whatever the case may be, fitness, gym, weight loss, whatever, um, Google knows what to, what to pop up there. And then using, um, Facebook and Instagram ads for your promotions, at least partly because, you know, the whole world sits there whenever they have downtime, maybe sometimes even when they shouldn't be, you know, they're scrolling Instagram, they're show, scrolling Facebook. Now it's, it's TikTok too. And right. Something that catches their eye isn't necessarily going to be like, Oh, there's a gym. Cool. It's like, oh, there's a gym and there's, there's a deal or they're doing something that looks like I want to do it. Like it really has to call out to people or else, you know, you just kind of get lost in the sauce. So I like the mix that you have there. I can, I can see where, you know, that would be beneficial and in, um, you know, it goes hand in hand with you saying people, you can be right in front of people's nose. You can be in the best retail spot. You can be wherever. And, um, people might short of argue about where you are sometimes. Oh, you're, you're over there in that plaza. Are you sure? <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I pay the rent every month. I know where I am. We get some weird conversations, right? And people don't realize it, but as soon as somebody sees an ad, then they'll go and look. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. So True. I love that, that you're maintaining that. Are you doing much, um, just organic posts, um, on your Facebook and Instagram, like any type of regular, you know, just, you know, daily or, you know, a couple times a week posts of just, this is what's going on in the gym. Here's a picture of a member. Here's, here's this thing. Are you doing things that out above and beyond the sponsored posts? 
We are. We've really tried to ramp that up too. Um, uh, my wife is really working on that. And then we've got an employee that really works on marketing too, where we feature a member, we'll show results, um, kind of get their story. We go through phases where we'll show a lot of exercises and stuff. People really like that. Um, or we'll give like, here's like a keto cake you could make that's good, whatever. Like we'll give her recipes and stuff like that. And people like all that stuff. I mean, we try to give them a good blend of stuff. We need to, one direction I would like to go is use more humor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can help. But the fact that you have something out there, I think if your advertising and your social media is just dead or empty, the problem with that is a lot of times people think you're a scam or a fake business or something like that. So it's, I don't think that those, those posts necessarily drive people to get in their car, come in and sign up as much as that, that re repetition, you know, kind of the billboard effect that people have. And then they see an ad and, and they don't want to sign up for what you have right away. They're going to go check you out. Let me look at the rest of Instagram. All right, cool. There's normal looking people there. All right. That looks like I can do it. That class looks good. So I think having that mix keeps it really healthy and, and is a, it's not even optional anymore. You know, if you can have no website and probably still have a successful gym these days, although I don't recommend it, but if you don't have social media, you don't have at least Instagram, if not Instagram and Facebook going, people are just going to think that, you know, you're an online trainer or a scam or, or who knows what, but yeah. All right. So you got that tackled. So process, right? This is where um, a lot of gyms, hopefully a lot of gym owners out there listening, we're going to perk their ears up. When you have a general membership based facility that also offers classes, that also offers tanning, that also offers personal training and other services, there's two ways people go. One is they just get people to sign up for their membership and then hope for the best. And the other is at least working on continually having a process to get somebody in, figure out the best way that you can serve them, present that to them, and then let them make a choice of, of where they are in the process. And maybe some of them will you know, buy some supplements. Maybe they'll buy some personal training or join your classes if that's an upsell or not. Uh, so where do you handle that currently? Where are you on that spectrum? That's a definite area I need to do better at is tracking where people are with their specific goals and things like that. Uh, I think though we're at a spot where we already wear so many hats, we don't really have the, the ability to do that well. But I do ask people um, when they're signing up, like what they, what they're in it for, what, it, you know, what do they like, whatever. And, you know, most of it unfortunately kind of is a sign up and hope for the best, but I try to make it very clear to them that they can come to me for anything, anytime. And people ask me questions a lot. And then it really makes a big difference when I take the time, you know, they can see that I'm busy and I'll like take the time to show them something um, like in detail. And so, um, but then I, I luckily it's just an ability that I have is I can remember, I have a pretty good memory with like what we've talked about before so whenever they see me I'm like oh have you tried this or how'd that go for you and they're like oh yeah it went good I think it's just that just that being that personal and that that kind of follow-up has really helped but as far as an official system I don't have it okay are you in the facility you know 
most of the time, like during, we'll call it normal, like nine to five-ish hours. Are you there at least a few hours every day, generally uh, enough that you kind of get to see most of the members, do you feel? So um, right now it is. Early in the year, me and my wife really grind. And um, so, and then later in the year, we usually have an employee that works a lot of the hours, but like our facility is pretty unique. We're only open 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday, but our system or our facility is uh, 24-7. So once they get their fob, they come whenever. They can come on Christmas Day if they want. So uh, <laughs> some do. They can they drive through the snow and come here if they want. Um, but right, like all the hours that are available, we work them all right now. Okay. We, we do get, and our gym is much more populated in the evening. Mm-hmm. So we do get to see the majority of the clients that are active. Okay. So big after work, like normal first shift type crowd, you know, you get your early afternoon, the people that start early, like maybe teachers or off shift nurses or whatever they may be. And then continues to that normal evening rush for the people that work till four or five o'clock and then kind of peters off. Like you say, you're staffed until 8 PM. So you're at least there the majority of the time when you have the bulkier clients. Yes. So right now you're, you're mostly leaning into your memory, to your rapport with them and just really trying to keep your finger on the pulse of, of who's doing well, what kind of feedback you get from them while you're walking the floor or see them when they check in. Yes. Okay. So right now it's, it sounds like it's not necessarily feasible for you to spend say 30, 45 minutes with each new person that signs up. Is that the biggest hurdle in that process right now? Yes. Um, Cause there's just too much to do um, in, in, in too little time. So, um, you know, the sign up process is five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just try to really convey to them hard. Like if you have any questions, at all. I just try to be really clear about that. Ask me at any point. Or if I see somebody and they look confused, I will go up to them and say, um, do you have any questions about this or whatever? And just try to break that ice for them. But yeah, we don't have that whole, you know, we'll take people on a walkthrough, but it don't take, you know, it doesn't take but minutes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a time efficiency thing for sure. Um, you have, I think we we said four instructors. Uh, you have a, a variety. You have you know we won't say every class under the sun, but most of them. So those four people are they strictly instructing those classes, or are they also doing personal training, or is that that separate people? What's that breakdown look like? One of them also personal trains, uh, but the rest of them have just taught for years and years, and they're very good at it. Um, they teach the dance fitness, the toning, and the spin. Um, spin is brand new, but most of them spin these days. You yeah, have people love it. Mm-hmm. It's been a great response. Uh, you know, people. Uh, most of them kind of teach their in their respective uh, uh, expertise, you might say. Mm-hmm. But then one of one of them teaches multiple, and I usually fill in if I need to teach like the toning class or whatever. But um, it's a good variety, but yeah, they, they handle the classes. They promote their own classes. They know their people. They follow up with their people. They want their class to do good. And they, they genuinely want the people who attend them to get what they want. Okay. And one of them does some personal training. Does, 
anybody else do any personal training out of your facility? Yeah, we've got, I've got her, two more, and then me and my wife do it as well. Okay. So there are other opportunities there for finding people out on the floor, offering them some help, seeing, you know, if they're receptive. So it's not like they just go into the vacuum of space, never to be seen again. You've got yourself, your wife, who clearly are, are the most invested people in the business. Know everybody, you can see it, but also other trainers. So they do have the opportunities. People are checking in on them, trying to see like, hey, you've been here for a few months. How's it going? You know, anything you need any help with in, in establishing relationships there too. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. So last thing I think uh, operationally that we're going to have time to hit on today. And, you know, as always, I wish we had a couple hours here, but um, do you have anything else uh, that, that you're offering or considering offering like, um, you know, uh, nutrition programming, any online training, uh, supplement sales, anything like that for any other like value adds for the client that also add revenue back in for you as a business? We sell a little bit of supplements. Uh, I would like to go a lot bigger with that, especially um, just down the road. I'd like to get more into supplement sales, if not sell it by the container, because right now I just do individual. Um, and I can't remember the first part of what you asked me. Um, oh, like uh, any online training, any nutrition training, anything, you know, additional like coaching type services. Yes. Now we do, I, I will write people meal plans and stuff when they, when they want it or when they train with me. Um, and then my other trainer will do that too. Um, and, but I would like to tap into that online market somehow down the road. We've talked about doing our classes online and finding a way to do exclusive access. So when people are home, they can do them, stuff like that. Um, just haven't crossed that bridge yet. Got it. Got it. I mean, all things in due time, right? You're not going anywhere anytime soon. So as those opportunities, uh, as you have the time to do them, I think, those would be great things to explore and, and hopefully that'll, that'll be good uh, ammo for a follow-up episode with us. So we got time for one more question before I let you go. And it's, it's the biggest one that I, I like to ask everybody that comes on. If you could go back and uh, tell younger Tyler anything uh, about being a business owner, about being the phys, uh, fitness business, anything that you wish you knew sooner, is there anything that really stands out for you? <laughs> How much time you got? Yeah. I guess um, you got. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, there's been a lot of things you learn. Um, I've learned to, that I don't have to do everything at once. It's okay to do it a little bit at a time. I don't have to have everything in the world. When I go, I love going to buy an equipment and I'm like a kid in the candy store. I don't have to buy everything. Um, I think I did a pretty good job with that, but I would definitely reiterate that to myself. Um, I would definitely tell myself to have auto draft sooner. That was a huge move, big, big move for a business. Um, the 24 seven access was a huge move uh, for me. It's scary. Now that, that one's scary, but I would tell myself probably not to be scared and to do it sooner. Um, I would definitely tell myself to keep focusing on the clients because that's the key. Um, how early are we talking in life? <laughs> I mean, anything that stands out for you, man, I like those. I mean, everything you're giving me is gold here. So, um, you know, if there's anything else that, that you think would be big that might move the needle, hit me with it. I'm hmm. loving it. 
I would definitely tell myself to get into jujitsu earlier so I could add that element to my gym. <laughs> All right. All right. That's going to be, uh, hopefully, like I said, we do a follow-up episode with you one day, one day and you have, you have some more cool stuff, jujitsu, maybe some powerlifting, who knows what else, right? Sky's the limit when you love what you're doing. And, uh, like I said, you're nine years through, you made it through a pandemic. So fingers crossed, nothing's going to stop you anytime soon. Amen. All right, sir. We are officially out of time here. Uh, before we cut this off, uh, I know we've got um, website, social media. Where can people find you? EvoFit321.com is my website. EvoFit underscore 321 is my Instagram. And of course, we're on Facebook under Evolution Fitness 321. Fantastic. All right, sir. I appreciate you being here. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully we get you back on and, and watch your progress go. I thank you for your time. Thank you. You are, are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Ward's podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer. Welcome back to the Gym Lords podcast, where we interview real gym owners. Maybe these guys are in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, I have Damian and Mike from San Diego, California. They are the owners of multiple Eat the Frog fitnesses. Damian, Mike, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where it is today. What's up, Gym Lord Nation? Uh, Mike Gormley here from uh, Eat the Frog Fitness in San Diego and the county of Orange County. Uh, we are regional developers for San Diego and Orange County, and we are also franchisees within our organization. Uh, we've got two locations open right now in Scripps Ranch, California, and then one in Encinitas, California, which is a really cool partnership we've done with the YMCA over COVID. Uh, as far as the workout ourselves, I'll let Damien, my partner, explain it. He's, he is our fitness guy. He's the coach. He's the face. Damien, I'll let you explain a little bit about what we do. What's up, Jim Lord Nation? This is uh, Coach Damien. I am the regional fitness leader for the San Diego and Orange County Eat the Frog Fitness region. Uh, what we are is we are a one-hour small group training led by a personal trainer. 
We are low impact. So we pride ourselves on doing all of our interval training with low impact machines. We do a lot of functional training with sandbags and TRXs and body weight. Uh, we have three different focuses, cardio strength and agility. And what kind of separates us from the other group fitness uh, programs is our individuality. We personalize everything to each individual member, which we all know in a group fitness setting that that is super challenging to do. So we individualize a custom heart rate for each member. We make sure that we give them four week programming through periodization where we increase the intensity over a few weeks. We actually add deload weeks where we focus on mobility, stability, flexibility. We try to build a foundation for a lot of people that think that they just need to come in and kick their own butts. Uh, common myth throughout the fitness industry now is that the harder you sweat, the more sore you get, the better the workout was. And we're trying to kind of demystify that and, and tell people how to really get long-term consistent results through a personalized group fitness experience. Sweet guys. I love it. I'm excited to dive in and learn more about, you know, some of the intricacies of what you guys are trying to build here. So when it comes to the current programming that you just described, Damien, can you tell us like how this product development has impacted the business, how this service is impacting the business, you know, where the client benefit is, is coming from? Yeah, definitely. Great question. Um, a lot of people actually don't realize the benefits of the individualization because we're kind of sliding it in on the back end. Um, a lot of times people will come in with the expectation of, I just need to start working out as hard as I can to lose this weight. 90% of our current uh, member base is looking for weight loss and toning of muscle goals. Okay. And they really think that dropping calories and increasing physical activity is the best way to do it. So what we do is we kind of help guide them through the start of their journey with lower intensity, long-term consistency. We're trying to avoid having people burn out right away. So yeah. mem members might actually understand what the real benefit of the Eat the Frog program is. What they really enjoy is actually our community. So mm -hmm. community is what drives this thing. Community is what keeps people coming back. People get a little bit of fitness ADD when it comes to the program that they're in. And if they don't have a community that they look forward to seeing, that they do events outside of the walls with, they can just jump from one program to the next. So really what they enjoy about Eat the Frog Fitness is the culture and the community that we've built. It's something that gets them going long-term and they end up becoming best friends with people that they barely even knew at the start. What are you guys doing to ensure the engagement is happening? Have you created platforms to which these conversations can occur and dialogue can occur? Are you guys, you know, introducing new services that can be utilized? What do you do to create the engagement? So one of the things that we do is we do social hours outside of the wall. So we'll do maybe once a month, a no shower happy hour where they do a no shower workout. They go straight to a restaurant or a bar and we hang out and we have a social hour and we kind of um, will facilitate meeting new members and we'll do it with multiple studios. So it's not just our Scripps Ranch location, hanging out with our Scripps Ranch location, but we'll also bring the Encinitas crew in. We'll bring our next franchisees in and we'll make sure that we're building this community throughout the whole entire San Diego and Orange County region. Other things that we do are we facilitate monthly hikes. So last five months, we did what was called the five peak challenge, where every month we did one hike. And each time 
a member was able to kind of put a hike towards their tally. Once they did all five hikes, we actually rewarded them with a t-shirt that said, I survived the five feet hike challenge. They met a bunch of teammates. Uh, some people actually just went on hikes without the gym. They actually combined and created their own little group, which was really cool. So little social events like that, we'll throw in a few times a month, just so that it's not just the gym that people go to. It's, it's a fitness family that they can kind of mm -hmm. count on and, and be supported by. Yeah, totally. I, I really dig that a lot. Um, now let's get into some, you know, quantified data of what you guys are currently doing and then what plans are moving forward. So how many locations do you guys currently have? We currently have two that are open. We have a third that is in build out. Uh, we have a franchisee in Orange County who's building his first of three. We have a franchise in uh, La Costa who's building their first of what we believe to be three. Uh, and we have another one in uh, North Carlsbad where they're looking to uh, find a real estate where they got an LOI out. So hopefully that'll be another one that'll be coming to us relatively soon. So we got some good growth going on. We also have some other franchisee prospects that are pretty deep into uh, buying some licenses with us and developing some studios. Yeah. So let's get into that conversation a little bit. I want to understand how this works. So are you guys the franchisor of Eat the Frog or are you just another franchisee that's licensing out this framework that Eat the Frog has built and sure. then they are now franchisees of yours? Yeah, what we are is we're, we're, we're two things, Scott. We're regional developers, which means we buy a territory. We buy the amount of licenses that that franchisor wants yeah. to see their future studios in the area. Uh -huh. And then we all buy some of our licenses from ourselves to build out studios and then uh, own and operate them ourselves. So we're, we're doing a little bit of both. Uh, Eat the Frog Fitness grew pretty well, even during COVID, where we have no more uh, regional developers in the network. So I believe there's 11 of us throughout the country right now. And uh, we're, one, we're fortunate enough to be one of the 11 regional developers out there. So we have two different roles, two different sides of our business and so on, uh, but they go hand in hand pretty well. And, and another reason we love doing it is, you know, it's tough to be a regional developer if you haven't done it yourself, you haven't seen the success and you haven't bumped your head a little bit along the way. So not only are, are we able to, to, to sell our franchises and, and work with them along the way, but we're doing it ourselves. So we're talking about real life uh, situations and successes and, and, and struggles that, that everyone's going to have along the way. Yeah. So I want to understand the development of the licensed Eat the Frogs from you guys are you providing the framework of what you're doing in your own personal eat the frogs to those other franchisees? So you're almost playing the role of like consultants for them to where yeah, yeah. they're implementing different business strategies within that model as well that are coming from you guys. Yeah. Good question. It's, it's essentially, it's, it's the cookbook, right? We're preparing the cookbook and they're coming in and they're baking the cookies themselves. Uh, along the way of what we've been able to do is, is eat the frog, uh, Corporate has done a really nice job of, of creating relationships, of developing processes and pass them along to us, but it's yes. different. And one of the big things is, is essentially having the resources, right? I don't care how great your marketing team is within your, your franchise, within your brand, your franchisor, yeah. uh, it all has to be down to that local level. So for example, we use uh, Quentel Marketing, who, you know, Wayne and Katie are phenomenal. They, they've got amazing backgrounds, amazing history. We've, they're out of San Diego. We developed a relationship with them. Uh, they helped us with before we even got started. 
that is a resource that all of our franchises have the opportunity to use. They don't have to, but they have the opportunity. We have relationships with brokers out there from the real estate side that can help find sites that know what we're looking for, what spaces work, what centers work. We right. have a relationship with general contractors out there that can right. go ahead and know how to build them out. Uh, all the way up to the architects, um, uh, sales folks, and so on. The other thing that we're, you know, we want to add is we understand that our brand is nothing if we're not all doing similar things and making sure our ultimate goal is to provide an amazing experience every time a member's in there. So if we have 27 future studios and we have one franchisee that decides to do things a little bit differently, that not give that country club uh, style service that our members expect, that's going to kill a brand for all of us. It's going to set all of us back. So what we have the ability to do by being regional developers is hand, you know, be involved in whom we bring on board, making sure not only do they have the requirements on the experience and, and the liquidity requirements, but they also have the mindset to be able to build a studio the same way that the rest of us expect to, which is what's best for our members all the time, not some of the time. Um, and then we're going to work with them along the way. You know, Damien is, is not just over our locations. He's going to be there helping hiring and training and managing the lead trainers throughout all of them. Um, we have an amazing person, Jamie Martinez, who is uh, in charge of all the sales. She's also a coach, um, but she's gone through franchise, uh, pre-sales and so on. She's going to be involved in that whole process. And then myself on the business side, I'm going to be there assisting folks, making sure uh, I'm there to help them in any which way they need so they can see success early and often. Yeah, well done. Uh, very detailed in that approach. And it sounds like to me, if I can just back up and clarify here, the franchisor of Eat the Frog, this headquarter, if you will, has done a great job in creating a specific model uh, around different business practices that are working. But you guys can take that and then also continue to develop that and then pass it down to other franchisees that you're licensing this framework to, this model to, right? Absolutely. So is this this trickling down effect that, you know, if, if and when they continue to develop that, you can pick up that information and then either pass it down or develop it some more and then pass, continue to pass it down. Absolutely. Yeah. They're setting the frame, the framework for us. You know, we, we have to be brand compliant, right? We're, we can't be everything to everyone. You know, there's certain things that, that we must do. Um, but a lot of it comes down as you well know, Scott, Scott is the personalization, but Damien yeah. talked about the workouts, not just in the workout, it's how we set up our organization It's how we manage our organization and making sure we have the right people in the right place doing the right thing is really what's going to keep us compliant and allow us to grow. You know, the one thing that we all know about fitness is, is fitness is not a trend, but there's a ton of trends in fitness. And how do we stay ahead of the curve by doing that is making sure we have individuals who want to have that mindset that want to make sure we continue to evolve as an organization. Uh, and that's what, uh, what we're going to continue to do. And that's what will keep us relevant long-term. Are you guys, let's, let's get into client acquisition. Uh, and uh, to get into client acquisition, I'd like to understand what you guys are currently doing and teaching and what the, you know, the quantified data is indicating in your own personal locations. So you have two locations and you're erecting a third. Is that correct? Correct. So how many members are a part of those different locations currently? So Scripps Ranch is the one, you know, I don't even want to call it mature yet because we opened it on uh, January 3rd and we shut down on, on March 16th. And along the way, we, we had it. Crazy. Crazy. But we, we can discuss all that along the way, and I'm sure you'll have a bunch of follow-up questions on that. 
but we never really had an opportunity to run a full traditional studio there until, you know, really February 15th when the mask mandate came off, um, which allowed us to proceed in, in more of a traditional style of operating studio. Um, we do have, uh, you know, members, we have over, over 450 members of our Scripps branch location, um, which has been amazing. And we've had what we've been able to do by being small and kind of creating that community that Damien uh, talked about is we were able to, during this time during COVID, one of the good things I think that came out of it, we were able to show our members and our members were able to show us how much they truly care about us and how much we care about them. Mm -hmm. So we were, uh, we were in a decent position. Um, also the fact that we were able to, to modify a little bit our program, not just what we do in the workout, but where we do the workout. Uh, our landlord over at Scripps Ranch uh, was nice enough to allow us to build an outdoor studio essentially during the shutdown. Uh, when that caveat came, if you could operate outdoors, um, you have the ability to, to go out there and you can remain open. And that's what we did. So 4.30, uh, 4.15, every morning, our staff would come in and move an entire fitness studio outside. And then at 8.30 at night, we'd move that entire fitness studio back inside, but allowed us to, to provide an opportunity for people to work out for almost a year. Uh, and by doing that, Scott, that's really where we not only maintain, we're able to grow because, you know, people were able to see that. We, we want to, we're going to do everything we can possibly do to provide a place to work out. Our Encinitas location just got up and going. Um, we're just growing there. We've been really, you know, operating for three, four months at this point. Um, but we, we've had some nice growth recently. And once again, you know, the YMCA, the YMCA is an amazing place. They've got a ton of members in there. You know, our goal is to, to keep the members that want more of the, the fitness, um, the boutique fitness, studio style coach led fitness sure. there and then also bring members to the YMCA that necessarily didn't necessarily know exactly what the YMCA had to offer all the different amenities where it can be a partnership between what what they have to offer at the YMCA all the great programs and, and fun features and then what we have the, the ability to offer within our boutique fitness studio upstairs so I want to get really tactical while we're here because I don't think that there's a lot of independent business owners that can relate to your guys's model that you know has franchisees that are licensing from them right they're just trying to focus on like one location and develop marketing you know best practices within that location and you know grow in clientele so for you guys from a marketing perspective where do you guys focus when it comes to client acquisition yeah you know what, what i've learned um is that you got to focus on five to seven different areas to really see the results um, that you, that you need to see. If you focus in just one area, whether it be social media, whether it be outside events, whether it be within schools, whether it be member referrals, um, whatever it might be, if you're just going to one area, you're missing a huge opportunity. You know, we have to hit the, the average member seven to 10 times with our brand before yeah. they're going to reach out and inquire about us. So it's all of those things that I just mentioned, plus more of where we need to be. We need to have our merchandise that's are on people's uh, shirts that's on people's hats that's on people's water bottle there we're just going to start a conversation and so on so there's there's many different ways we're doing it uh, what way works best I don't know I think it would differ month to month but I know it's a collaboration of all of those if you do it well and you stay consistent with it their numbers are going to follow we're going to come in yeah so where do you guys prefer to be I think that you know what you're saying regarding 
generating and developing multiple avenues is 1000% the correct approach. Where have you guys found the greatest benefit or the greatest, uh, you know, um, dent in client acquisition? Organic, 100% organic. We need to be, we need to be at community events. You know, we're a small business, you know, we're community ourselves. We want to be a part of that local, um, community at little leagues, at soccer, at schools, at uh, town fairs, at, at fairs, all of those different types of things. Now, during COVID, it was a little bit more difficult because those events weren't going on. If they were going on, they didn't want outside folks coming in. But if we can get out there and we can just show whom we are, the type of people we are first and foremost, and then talk about our workout, we feel a heck of a lot better opportunity than just some Facebook ad that comes through, Instagram ad that comes through. Right. So why is that the case? Honestly, I, I think it's because of um, being able to explain what we are offer. We're not a gym. We're a fitness studio, but we're more than that. We're a fitness studio that's, that's creating an environment to keep you healthy. And everybody has different goals. As Damien mentioned earlier, some people's their goal is to come in and lose 10 or 15 pounds. But there's more to that. There's a lot more to that. There's a reason why they haven't started that in the past, or there's a reason why what they've started hasn't worked in the future. So if we have the ability to let them know who we are, what we offer, but most importantly, what we can offer for them, that's the difference. That's when we can get somebody to come in and experience it. And if they don't think it's what's best for them, no worries at all. We're not hurt. They're not hurt. They had an opportunity to experience this, but we're biased. We think it is come on in. And we think we can service most people because of the workout we offer. When we get into bringing clients in and then ultimately wanting them to become a part of the community, there's a sales process in between that. There's a consultation that they have with you guys and they meet with you face to face. Take us through what that looks like. Sure. Damien, you want to touch on that one? Yeah. So just to kind of piggyback off what Mike said is, is once they see what we have to offer, we really have them hooked. So from the very start of a studio, what we do is we have a, what's called a, a pre-sale phase where we actually take a tent out in front of our studio. We get exposure. Usually we have our studios. Mike does a really, really good job of finding a location that has a huge anchor, like a Vaughn store or whatever a superstore would be next to it. So there's a lot of foot traffic. So once we get them to see our tent, see that we're coming, what we do is we get them to sign up for what's called the founder's rates. And those founder's rates lock them into the lowest rate that they'll ever have. Plus they get access to our special events while we're in the pre-sale phase. The pre-sale phase, we do a bunch of boot camps. So we'll take uh, equipment out to a park and we'll get these members to come over and they'll see the coaches styles. They'll see their personalities. They'll see the other founding members and who they're going to be interacting with when this gym opens. And once we can create that community and once they can see where our hearts are at, they know that they want to be a part of this. They want to be a part of this fit family. So the sale later, it becomes so much easier to ask for. They're not locked into the founders rates until they try out our two week VIP trial. So once our studio is open, once we're operating, we have a VIP two weeks for all of our founders to use us as much as they want. That's our way of saying we are so confident in our program and our community and our, and our staff and our coaches, you can try us out for two weeks, but we know that you're going to continue on with that founder's rate that you signed up for. We've already built the rapport uh, through the boot camps, through sending them um, 
text messages, email blasts on little tips and tricks with nutrition and physical activity. So we're, we're, we're just adding value. We're giving as much value as we possibly can. So mm -hmm. when the time comes that the studio opens, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm already part of this family. I'm already a Frog Squad member. Um, once we have a studio that's open, what we do is we'll offer a first session for free for anybody that wants to walk in. But really at that point, we're kind of leaning on our new members, our new founding members to give us referrals, word of mouth. That's where the best quality of leads come in. If those leads come in from a word of mouth, it's almost 90% that they're signing up. We're also geotagging around our region, around our studio, so that people that go into the stores next to our studio they get geotagged with social media and they get an ad that says, come try a low impact free workout with a personal trainer. You're going to love it. Uh, we have lots of colors. The whole marketing thing look, makes it look super fun and super high tech. So it's word of mouth. It's social media generation. And then, and then we kind of have to go out to social events. So what we'll do is we'll send our coaches to let's say preschools and we'll do little boot camps for preschoolers. And then when the handoff comes for the preschoolers to get picked up by their parents, we'll give them free workouts to come to for uh, Eat the Frog. So we'll give the little kids little water bottles that have Eat the Frog on it. So they take it home and their parents see it. These are, these are natural organic ways like Mike was talking about that we can get people around the community saying like, what is Eat the Frog? Where, mm -hmm. Who are these people? And it's just that interest, it slowly builds. And once they get exposure to us, that they're hooked. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So when they sign up with you and we're taking them down the semi-private training of what you guys do, are there any additional services that they can opt into, that they can get, that you guys are you know, creating a business around to kind of not focus on the high volume game, but focus more on the, okay, how do we create a higher quality or a higher valued client that's, you know, spending more money with us? Yeah, yeah frog that's a super it's an amazing job with DL let you talk about it. Yeah, so we have different tiers of memberships, and the higher up the tier you go, the le the less the session cost per session, of course. Now, you can come with a package, which means that you just buy a package of classes and you can use them up as much as you want. You can buy a reoccurring membership. And then the one thing that really differentiates us from other group fitness places is that we have a top tier membership. It's called FrogFit. FrogFit is, the, is, is our effort to combine group fitness and personal training and put it together that's where the money's at if we can get the the community the energy the support system of group fitness and the individualization the accountability all that of personal training and put it together that is where success is at so our top tier membership is our frog fit membership you get a given an accountability coach you check in weekly uh with your nutrition with your workouts and you do an in-body scan and the in-body scan is probably the most accurate way in a group fitness setting. It's, it's definitely not up to the DEXA scan standards, but it's, it's close. Um, and really what we're looking for is change in body composition. The reason is, is because most people start a group fitness routine and they won't see that weight on the scale budge for the first couple of months. They're spending money, they're working hard, and that number isn't moving. They need to understand that the weight on the scale is just your relationship to gravity. It's not telling you what's happening inside your body, muscle mass, water weight, body fat. It's not telling you any of that. So what we want to tell them to do is look at these objective numbers with the in-body scan, 
Do two weeks of consistent effort with your diet and your activity, and then scan again and see the delta, the difference between those numbers. And all we have to do now is trial and error, make different changes, small changes throughout a long period of time, and they get their fitness goals. It's guaranteed. We actually have a guarantee, 30-day guarantee on our FrogFit membership, which is incredibly huge. No one has ever used it, but it just shows us our confidence in that program. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, So if it were up to you guys, you would have everyone filtering in at some point into the frog fit higher ticket level of service, right? Yeah, that would be the goal. Um, Obviously, the more people we get in the frog fit membership, the less total member base we need. We don't need 1500 members getting a reoccurring membership. If we have 500 frog fit people, we can give them better attention. We can get the revenue that we need in order to operate and be successful. And we can really dial in and have a better view of those people. Now, we also have a member, the frog fit program where we can teach you to do it on your own. So you go through a few cycles of frog fit, which it's, it's supposed to be a lifestyle program that you can slowly change goals and, and adjust to what you need. But you can also learn everything you need to in one or two cycles of frog fit and then continue on with your unlimited membership, doing everything else on your own. So it, it's a give and take. We would love it if everyone did frog fit. Um, but really, we want to teach people how to do it themselves and long term and really add value that way. So if your guys's goal is to get people into the frog fit so you can teach them what it looks like, how it feels, how it's done, right? Make it more educational for them, more personal touch. Now they're getting nutrition. Now they're getting accountability. Um, How many, what's the percentage of the clients that you have now that are in that versus only doing like that semi-private lower level of training? Yeah. Right now, when we just relaunched it, it, it took a, we, we put it on a hiatus uh, through the end of last year. I think we launched it, Damien, keep me on task, maybe last August or something along those lines. Um, okay. We did have some people, but obviously times were different, right? People had more concerns yes. than, than just, just being, um, just worrying about their, their frog fit membership. So we put it on a little bit of a, a hold. We opened it up again on January 1, and it makes up about 7% of our membership right now. What that, number could be it'll never be 100 percent. the reason why it'll never be 100 percent is we don't want it to be 100 percent because there's certain people that don't need to be on that accountability program we have some members that are just absolutely in phenomenal mental physical shape they do multiple different things along the way they just love coming to our studio to mix it up those people don't need this specific program um but there's probably about 50 percent of the folks out there that that do uh, and once they get into the habit of, of knowing what they're putting in their bodies and Damien always tells them, I, I, I can help you for 55 minutes, but the other 23 hours, you're on your own. Once they can take and they understand that what they're doing when they're not at the studio is affecting them more within than what they're doing at the studio and changing their mindset, that's the key. And if they can get to a point where they're doing it on own, their own and they don't need us, they don't need to pay the additional dollars a month. They want to stay in the community. They want to stay working out at the Frog Fitness, but they don't want to continue doing that Frog Fit. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's not for everybody. But we do think about 50%, Scott's that number. And where are you guys currently at? 7%. Okay, so we got about a 43% jump. And I love this conversation because I think that the service that you guys are talking about it's not necessarily a service that people immediately jump into, 
right? It's almost like, hey, they're with you guys and they're training in the standard service, which is that semi-private smaller group training. But then there's something that you guys see or there's something that they feel like they need more of. So then that discussion, that consultation occurs again to where we can take them in through that internal sales process, right? Where they're already members. So what is what does that look like? Is this something that you guys are, you currently have, or is this something that you're continuing to develop to make sure that that 7% starts to trickle up closer to the 50? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think a big part of it is what we need to do, especially for the higher ticket items, is we need to earn their trust. We have right. to show them that we truly care about them, that we're not just trying to get X percent more of their monthly reoccurring fee. We're mm. trying to show them this is what we offer. This is whom we are. This is what we can do to you. So that takes a little bit of time. Uh, a majority of our FrogFit members were existing members. You know, most people don't come in and say, this is what I want to pay. Uh, and that's okay. Because I, you know, we're, if we don't have phenomenal trainers, we're not going to retain anyone. Uh, and when we get our folks in there and they're, they're starting to see some progress and they want to accelerate that or they want to go on, they want to understand how to live a better lifestyle instead mm -hmm. of just not eating and coming here and, and working out, which is probably the worst thing for you. Um, that's, that's kind of what the, matru the, the, the maturation process we see into the FrogFit program. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a route uh, that can prove to have success behind it. But then also, too, there's the idea of, okay, how do we eliminate the bridge of just coming in on a lower tier and get people to come in right away into that frog fit program? Because even though most people might not opt into that, there are some people that might be willing to opt into that level of service, right? So it's like, then comes the question, like, how can we market that? How can we, how can we create a message that this is something that we actually offer? And then behind that, how can we target this specific individual who's looking for that level of service, but also willing to pay for it or even capable of paying for that level of service? So do you guys currently have that in your marketing messaging to where that particular service is being offered? Yeah, we do a little bit. We haven't spent a ton of dollars marketing it because okay. really what this relaunch, what we wanted to do is we want to perfect it. And one of the big things that Damien is establishing is how do we pr provide the value that the, the member expects from us while making it a scalable program? So if we want to take it from 7% to 50%, how do we service 250 people the same tomorrow the same way we do today? So if we start promoting it, and don't get me wrong, Scott, I'd love to have that, the additional reoccurring rev revenue out there. But if we don't set it up the right way where we can offer each and every member at 250 the same way we do right now, yeah, 7% of the member, it's going to fail. It's going right. to fail. So what we're doing and Damien's doing, and I'll let him talk about it a little bit, is he's perfecting it and he's making this a scalable program. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, how do we do that? There's for sure a market base out there. There's a lot of people that are looking for more than just what we offer as a traditional unlimited membership, right? Especially want, today. Post-pandemic, right? People are looking for more personal touch. They're looking to engage in programs and services that offer a lot more than just the standardized practice. They're starving for accountability. They're starving for the community. They're starving for personal attention out there. Mm. And they weren't starving over COVID because a lot of people gained those 15, 20 pounds, right? So how do we get back into that on the mental side, but also get ourselves physically back into that program again? And that's what we can do. 
So we will start marketing it for sure. Uh, and we have to start marketing it for sure. Um, and I think one of the best ways still is going to be that referrals, people that go through the program that come out and not just are talking to their friends and saying what they did, but you can tell. I mean, we've got some phenomenal stories. We've got Jen Havlak that has been a phenomenal story, seeing great, great results. I'll let Damian talk about that a little bit more. But the scalability, and, and, and indeed, you want to talk about a little bit of how we get into the skill ability uh, to make this program work, getting us up to 50%. Yeah, and I love your question, Scott, too, because you're so right. There's that top-tier membership that we offer. How do we get people aware right when they first come in? So what our coaches are trained to do is the front desk staff makes the first point of contact with this new member. And this new member tells them their fitness goals, their injuries, they tell them their, their past fitness. All the, They get all the information. They create this relationship. From there, the front desk now hands off the member to the coach with all this information. They say the new member's fitness goal, and about, I don't know, 90% of the time, it's I want to lose weight and I want to tone up. So when it comes to weight loss, cardiovascular endurance, anything like that, our coaches at the very end of the workout give a little summary to this new member. They were hooked up to our heart rate monitor. It showed them how many calories they burned, how many points they earned. And so the coach is now going to prescribe what they think is going to get this member to their fitness goal the fastest. When it's weight loss, when it's cardiovascular endurance, when it's anything with some frequency in there, they talk about how, yes, the physical activity is important, but nutrition and consistency is going to be right there with it. Now, we have an unlimited membership, but this Frog Fit membership can get you the consistency that you need. It can get you the accountability and the nutrition guidance that you need. If you really want this fitness goal of losing weight, toning up, whatever it is, this is the membership that's going to get you there the fastest. We are going to teach you what you need to know. So that's kind of like our, our first initial insight. Now, very often that member had just has one experience with us. They're not going to be super uh, motivated to jump to that top tier membership. So they see that top tier membership. They're like, ah, let me try this unlimited. Let me see what this looks like. Then we sprinkle in our success stories. We have a few members that have been doing this for over a year, and we've only been open with this program for about a year, uh, losing 35 pounds, 15% body fat. I know before and afters are a little cliche nowadays, but we have before and afters that are so, they're just genuine. They're not fake. They're not the ones where you have shredded six pack abs on one side and, and super overweight on the other side. It's actually just like a normal person's um, uh, fitness journey over the last eight weeks or whatever it is. And they see these on social media. They see these people in the room and they start talking after each workout. Our coaches are meant to explain everybody should be looking at their in-body scan and taking what we call fit assessments. Our fit assessments, we have our members take every eight weeks. So they're not just looking at their body composition changes. They're actually seeing if they're getting stronger, if they're getting a better heart rate throughout this training period. If you're not frog squat, we have this membership, this Frog Fit membership that can help you get these uh, goals a little bit more on track. We can, we can track this thing so it's not like you're just shooting an arrow in the dark. So there's multiple ways that we do it. We do it after class, we do it on their first experience, and then we sprinkle in the success stories through social media and our newsletters. Gotcha. So ultimately, when there is a consultation or there is a sale that's occurring, um, your trainers are the ones who are being asked to and trained to make this sale. Sort of. So not entirely. What it is, is that person just did a one hour workout with this trainer. We've built this trust. This trainer is in there with you in the trenches working hard. And then at the very end, all that they're going to do is they're going to be the doctor. They're going to prescribe. 
I think with my, with my personal training certification and my experience that members will have the most success with your fat loss goal. If you hit this workout at least four to three times per week at a certain intensity, and then this nutrition guidance can help you get there in this amount of time. So they're just prescribing. And what they do is then, then they hand off that first timer back to the sales staff. And all the sales staff has to do is say, coach Damien said that this was your prescription. Here are your options for this. And they just list it out. You got your prescription. How do you want to fill your prescription? And it kind of is like a teamwork thing when it comes to that. Got it. Okay, cool. And do you guys have any of the numbers behind what your conversion rates may be into these different programs? So if we're, you know, if we're getting a hundred people that come in per month, just for simplicity reasons, I'm using these numbers. If we're getting a hundred people that come in and they train in that first training session, you know, how many out of that hundred are converting into frog fit members? How many out of that hundred are converting into, you know, your unlimited offer and the other offers below that? Yeah, we have, um, we've got a 50% conversion, 51% to be exact of conversion of people that take our class that sign up on that first day. Now, over the next seven days, we, we do allow people to take second classes at times if necessary. Um, but we're 51% <clears throat> on day one. Uh, 72% is our unlimited package right now. Um, we have a live package that's 8% that makes up about 20%. And the remainder is packages in, in frog fit. Uh, we need to increase that. Like I mentioned, you know, 7% is not acceptable, but the one thing too, Scott, that I want to do is, is I want to right fit our members what's best for them. And oftentimes if you haven't worked out in a while to jump yeah. into a frog fit program with all that's going to be asked from you is overwhelming and people are going to yeah. fail, not because they don't want to do it. They just don't have the ability to do it. So part of the best thing about our workouts is you walk in our studio and you don't have to think for 55 minutes. That coach in our program is going to lead you through a workout that's modifiable to you to get you in a place physically. And as we do that, we're then going to take you and get yourself into a place mentally where you're going to have the confidence, where you know what you're doing in there. Those insecurities of walking into a studio for the first time and not knowing necessarily how to do it and being the new kid in class is going to be out the window. And that's where that trust can be earned. That's where we can earn the respect of our members that our trainers are amazing and they truly are there to make you better. They're, they're there to make you healthy, to make you fit and so on. Um, and as Damien said, it's, it's, you know, when a coach says something versus a front desk person, it's, it's completely different. It's like a chef at a restaurant coming out of the kitchen and telling you should order the scrod, even though the waiter said you the same thing. It's more relevant when that member does. And then especially after 30 days and the fit assessment that Damien talked about that we do uh, with our members is if you want to take that next step, this is the program. And you know what? Talk to this person because they just got done with it or they're just starting it. They can give you even more relevant information from a user perspective. Yeah, uh, I dig what you guys are talking about. And I want to add, you know, some of my perspective into this because I am a big advocate for like specialty and like high ticket and where people can be, get the most results from, right? And it sounds like your frog fit service is exactly that. It's kind of like how I view it. It's kind of like, uh, um, like if I have a steakhouse, right? And like I sell a porterhouse, that's my high ticket item. So what I want is I want to make sure that I got porterhouse eaters coming to my restaurant. Right. So they're going to order the fucking porterhouse when they come. I don't want to be 
you know, getting vegetarians to come into my steakhouse, right? So for you guys, do you think that in addition to what you're doing, what would happen for your business? Like how much more revenue could you guys be generating when you are able to market and acquire more frog fit type of um, your average gym goer to come into your, your business? Mm-hmm. From a revenue standpoint, it, it's just about 40% more is what we'd be able to generate. That's huge. Holy shit. Huge. Huge. But what we also have to do is we're still in the process of figuring out how much more services is needed by individuals as good as a Damien or as good as a Taylor, as good as a, you know, Courtney, a lot of our coaches out there that have the ability to provide this service and making sure that we're training our members to know what they can expect from us as we do this program. Because I can have all the porterhouses out there. I could bring all the eaters that want to eat a, eat a, you know, a, a, a steak, that kind of quality steak. But if I don't have enough quality ones, good ones that are right for them, they're not going to come back again. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with us, where we're going. We know what we have in front of us. We know where we're going. And you're absolutely, Scott, right. That high ticket item is not just what's best for us. We know it's what's best for our members. But if we screw it up early on, they're not going to give us a second chance. You got to make sure I- you got to make sure that you got the chefs in the kitchen that can make that medium rare piece, that juicy piece. You bring that thing out overcooked, they're sending it back and they're going to tell all their friends that your, your steak is not very good. Right, right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's really good stuff, guys. I mean, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure. Where can our, uh, where can our listeners find you guys online? Eatthefrogfitness.com. Uh, go there and, and check us out and click uh, San Diego, get Encinitas on there. You've got uh, Scripps Ranch on there. You've got our new location that goes into pre-sales. March 5th, uh, La Costa, Kristen Maker, Peterson, great people come from the fitness space. Um, and then also if you're throughout the country, there's a lot of other sites. I think we're up to 27 studios, 10 more and build out and another 20 plus that are looking for real estate right now. So check us out. If interested in San Diego, Orange County, reach out to, uh, to Mike Gormley. Uh, you can find me on eatthefrogfitness.com. Love to talk to you. I'd love to have a conversation. Mike Gormley and Damien with their Southern California region, Eat the Frog Fitness. Really appreciate you guys coming on. It's been a pleasure. And Jim Lord Nation, if you guys enjoyed what we had to talk about today, please do not forget, smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, take care and we will see you next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.